2: You want
1: your nose tackle, your shade nose, he should be your most powerful football player on the team. I got I got 650 pounds pushing me, oh big deal, I'm just gonna stand here and take them and nobody's gonna move me. Oh, I'm big and huge and deal with it. You just turn yeah. into your dad. I know, right? uh, that's what I always turn into <laughs> my dad. embarrassed to hear myself sometimes. Do do <laughs> I am. Yeah, there's no other way around it. That was around. a good riff. That, was, that, was, that good. was okay. That oh. was not bad. Yo, yo, what's up? Sims here. Pauly Burmeister here. We got the mock draft coming up edition of our podcast. Excited to hit in that, hit on that. Paulie's gonna uh, ask me a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Ask me some of my logic behind that. Uh, first thing first, okay. Want to want to pub this while we're out there. Thursday night, first round of the draft, going to Treadwell Park. Okay. Did I say that right? It's Treadwell. Where where is
0: Treadwell Treadwell Park?
1: I just want to make sure I said that right. Okay. Treadwell Park. Yes. And it's 62nd and 1st. Okay. Okay. I'm going to be a man of the people. Please come interact. If you're in the New York City area, the tri-state area. We're going to have fun. I'm going to watch the draft. We're going to make social videos. This is an
0: indoor venue. Indoor
1: venue. Okay. And hopefully many TV screens. Yeah. The liquor of flowing and some, some good social videos. And we're going to have a little NBC team there to do some things there. Very so good. that'll be cool. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Please join. Would love that. Answer questions, whatever it is. Okay. As for today's podcast, no big fill today. Mm. Uh, yeah, we got a big podcast. It's a big show. It's, it's my mock draft. And, you know, screw Phil Sims, as I like to say. We got Devin White and
0: Ed Oliver. Nice. Yeah, yeah. they're coming on. So, I mean, they're just a bigger deal than What's Phil? with all the defense on the uh, – because we had and Williams. I know. We had Brian Burns. They're the stars of the show
1: no this o. year. I know. There's not a lot of O to talk about. And, all right. and, and And, yes, the stars of this draft are, especially in the top 15, top 20 – is defensive line, defensive tackle, defensive end, linebackers, and I, it was really how does that all play out in the top 10, 15 is really going to dictate how the whole draft goes. But uh, either way, there's a rundown of what to expect. Friday, the last thing here, um, we're not going to do a Thursday podcast this week. So Friday will be a day of the podcast where you're going to do the round one draft recap. That'll be you and me, right, Pauly? Yes. And uh, we'll hit on that and all the things that we found interesting, stupid, smart, whatever it may be. All of the above. All of the above. So that was it.
0: Before we get into some news with with Frank Clark and before we get to the actual mock draft, everybody puts something out about, hey, my my mock draft is about this. It's what uh, I think a GM should do or this is what I think will happen. So – your mock draft is My is mock what is
1: is me. I'm, just you. Uh, just you me. play GM for each team. I try to be the GM for all 32 teams. I'm not going to get into oh this is what I'm hearing and this is what I think they'll do because I've heard this rumor from some coach or NFL insider. To me, that's when you're throwing darts at a board with the mock draft. I uh, have evaluated these guys thoroughly, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really take my time going through each team, looking at their needs. What makes sense? Does the value make sense? What's available on the board? And I start at scratch with every pick and go. Okay, you know, here we are. It's it's pick number four, Oakland Raiders. What do they need? Who's off the board? And okay. I try to act like I'm the GM for all thirty-two teams.
0: Mock draft with Chris as the GM for all thirty-two teams coming up. In a couple Everybody's of moments. Everybody's dream come true.
1: Me as a uh, GM of their football
0: team. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of what was, what was fun, what was, what was stupid, what was good, there, there'll be a lot of that about your mantra. Yes, there yes, will yes, be, yes. yes. Not from me.
1: But I'm sure Not from, from everybody. And I welcome all those things. And if you want to talk, if, come on, message us. You know, on Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be.
0: We welcome all we questions. We welcome all yeah. questions,
1: and hopefully I can answer some of those things for for anybody that has questions about my Mac draft on, on Friday when we kind of recap things.
0: And your mock draft.
1: Yes, right, and my mock draft. <laughs> what, did, what did I say? Did I, <laughs> I think it was the, a Mac. I, uh, it a was Mac, a Mac. A Mac draft. That would be good. I was in Boston last good. weekend, so it was a Mac draft.
0: We, we, we got handed a news story Okay, recently yeah. here. Frank Clark yeah. from Seattle to Kansas City. Right. Tell me, Tell me if you reacted this way at all. After right. all that Kansas City... Uh, gave up to get him a first-round pick, a right. second-round pick next year, swapping thirds. Wouldn't it have been easier to just keep D. Ford?
1: Yeah, it's, that that's a very good question by you. Uh, I think that probably went through a lot of people's mind. Um, this is to me, this is what it, what it's all about. Kansas City has changed their defensive philosophy this year. From they're going from Bob Sutton, who played a three-four-ish type defense mm-hmm. from the Rex Ryan school of coaching, to now Steve Spagnuolo. Spagnuolo, who's a true 4-3 guy, okay? And I think that, for, for one, here's the first thing I'll say. Frank Clark is better than D. Ford. I'm going to say that as an all-around football player. Significantly? I, or- I think he's been significantly more consistent in the start of his career than D. Ford, who really just had this past year where we went, ooh, this is one of the better edge guys in football. Okay. Okay, so uh, that is the first thing. The, the second thing is, I think when you look at what the Chiefs have done on the defensive side of the ball, now going 4-3, you do need some bigger guys on the edge of the defense. D Ford, a guy that's 245, 250 pounds, probably has to work pretty hard to stay around that weight. You know, now you're playing 4-3 defense end, and you're going to have to take tight ends and tackles on a little bit more on a consistent basis and run game situations and things like that. I think that's the other part of this, where the Chiefs have gone – Okay, if we're going to play a 4-3, our edge guys have to be a little bit bigger. And if you're watching on on YouTube or anything like that, here's a great example. Frank Clark, 6'3", 265. I think that's even light. I think he light weighed in at seven, 271 at the Combine. Okay.
0: So this is more about fit with the I scheme. I think
1: it's more fit with scheme and finding more uh, – all-around type players on the edge of the defense. Breland Speaks, a second-round pick last year for the Chiefs. Ole Miss, 6'3", 285. He's going to be in that conversation. They got Emmanuel Ogba from Cleveland in the trade, 6'4", 275. Okay, Alex Okafor, 6'4", 261. Um, So I think these guys are more – All-around good football players, not just pass rushers, but are dominant against a run, too, that will give them a little bit more, I think, of a physical presence. Again, I'm just going to throw this out there for food for thought, for everybody that's, you know, talking about this. Let's not forget one thing. D. Ford was really good last year. Yeah. Justin Houston was really good, too. Both gone. Yep, both gone. And you know what all that did for them last year? (laughs)
0: <laughs> Defensively? Yeah. Yeah, not a lot. Yeah,
1: absolutely nothing. What right. are you looking up there? Well, I'm looking up. I'm looking up. Okay, not only were they the 31st ranked defense, I wanted to look up their pass stats. 200 uh, 273 yards per game in pass, second to last in football. A little misleading because they were up a lot. It definitely was. It was certainly. It certainly was. But again. And other games where they were not up, they couldn't make a stop. A la the AFC championship game and, and the other most things important like that. Game, yeah. Right. So right. so I think that's that's the philosophy they're using there. And I think they just went with some somewhat of a more for sure thing, with Frank Clark, who I think D Ford is a little bit more hit or miss and risk risk factor there.
0: So Frank Clark uh, fits a need they have with a new scheme. Do you think he was worth a late first-round pick? I
1: do, yes. I think where Kansas City was picking, I bet you as they started to look at the draft and how it might shake out, because everybody, these teams do their own mock drafts of how they think it's going to play out, I think they probably looked at it and said, ooh, damn, all these good defensive end edge guys that we like in the draft, they're not going to be here when we pick a number 29. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably what concerned them, and they probably felt like that was their number one need. So they said, you know what? Pick number 29. Let's go with a proven commodity and Frank Clark and go from there. And I think right. that's, that
0: was probably their logic behind it. I have your mock draft in hand. Oh, A-T baby. I see a 21 and 29 for Seattle. You went defense both times. I did. We'll reveal here in a little bit if you actually went Defensive end to fill that void. Yep. All right. Here's how we're going to do it. My understanding is we're going to see four of your picks at a time. Okay, cool. In the mock draft. So let's go ahead and roll his one through four selections. And not a big surprise at the top with Kyler Murray. Uh, before we get into the next four picks, are yeah. you buying at all this smoke screen that all of a sudden they love Josh Rose? No, I'm not at all.
1: Okay. So, all right. So, so the first thing, I think the first thing you will look at, Bosa, Ed Oliver, Quinn and Williams. I mean, hey, I think there's almost. No chance that it's not these four people in the top four right? as far. Maybe the Jets take a Quinn and Williams at three, and then the Raiders take Ed Oliver at four. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be anything a little more drastic than that. That's pretty much chalk, I okay. think, for about everybody's mock draft right now.
0: Have you, have you paused at all with the Kyler Murray in the last week or two? Because it seems like the weather has changed a little bit that people aren't quite as sure that yes. it's a slam dunk. There's
1: some people throwing some curveballs out into the wind. I think it's a slam dunk still. I don't believe Cliff Kingsbury's poker face in his interview yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean, he said the hay's not in the barn. He looked down to the left, kind of had an awkward look on his face, a lot like Doug Marone looked when he said, Nick who? Nick mm-hmm. who? Oh, oh, Nick Foles. I didn't know who you were talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, we never thought about him. Oh, wait, we're going to sign him in like three weeks.
0: He months. also said multiple times, <laughs> right. and talking about Cliff Kingsbury, more than once right. that he was a top ten pick for a reason last year. It, it felt to me like they're trying to they're trying to ratchet up the value. They're trying to ratchet up the value. I mean, hey –
1: they're not doing a very good job with the smoke screen. They put out a video where Rosen's not in the video. Mm. Then the next day, it's like the coaches in the organization went to the media department. They're like, hey, what the fuck? Why didn't you put him in the video? Now nobody, yeah. it looks like we're, not gonna, we're, we're definitely going to trade him. Put him in the video. Yeah. So then they put him in the video. Uh, the things that Cliff Kingsbury said, the fact that Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray have the same agent, the fact that Kyler Murray's on his way to Nashville right now as we speak, all of those things lead me to believe... He is the number one pick. The reason I would believe that they would be saying the things they're saying about Josh Rosen as of yesterday, they had a mini camp or an OTA, one of the two, either way. They were playing football in Arizona yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yep. He wants to have a good quarterback for these practices. Yeah. He wants practice to go it well. It matters. Or it does matter. He's evaluating the team. He wants the offense to be run smoothly. He wants them to get off, you know, get out of the huddle. He wants to, he wants a good quarterback so he can evaluate the rest of his team. So he doesn't want to tell, they're not going to go, oh no, Kyler Murray's the guy. Hey uh you know uh, uh, Josh don't worry about practice today no they're trying right. to get something out of that's this right now i think that's probably the point of why they say what they say right now
0: my big why in your top 4 ed oliver and i've read heard he's a great fit for the jets but him at 3 and Quinn and Williams at four. Yeah, almost everybody, all the evaluators I trust would say, "Oh, Quinn and Williams is a better player." He is. Why wouldn't you put the Jets or have the Jets take Williams instead of Oliver?
1: Yeah. Okay. And that's a. I think that's a great question right at the back. Quinn and Williams is a better all-around player than me. Yes. Than Ed Oliver. Now. The thing I look about it here would be, okay, the ceiling. Who's got a higher ceiling? I think if you got into that, I'd go, ooh, that's very close. Ed Oliver has a very high ceiling. I mean, it could be Aaron Donald-ish in his own right. Mm. Uh, He's certainly one of the freakiest athletes in the draft. And, of course, I know, yeah, Quinton Williams is probably, you know, him or Kyler Murray are the number one player in the draft for me. I think the reason I go with this is more about what they have already. They have Leonard Williams, who's a little bit more of a size guy, can do a few different things as far as what a Quinn and Williams can do on a defensive line. And I look at Ed Oliver, the Jets need an edge pass rusher, which is one of the reasons you're hearing them wanting to get out of pick number three, because they don't feel comfortable about anybody off the edge at number three. Ed Oliver can kind of kill two birds with one stone. He could be a defensive tackle, three technique. He could play four, three defense, and two. And – what also came into play here for me was, yes, that Greg Williams was on the St. Louis Rams when they drafted Aaron Donald. Mm. And it's a very similar guy to where I think he's going to like the disruption that player brings to his defense with the fact that he already has Leonard Williams. I think is why they pass up Quinton Williams, even though I do think Quinnon Williams is mm. the better player. I just says maybe not the better fit for them. Right. I'm
0: buying it. We'll see if
1: all the Jets fans okay, out there buy it. We good. invite all the hey, reaction there. At the very least, Oliver is definitely one of the best five best prospects of this draft. Mm. I mean, at 287, and when you can run like you're a damn middle linebacker right. or, or, some, or a strong safety, that's special, and that's what people are looking
0: for. All right, five through eight. We just hit the one through four. What are the highlights here?
1: Well, I, I think – Obviously,
0: Drew Locke to the Giants.
1: Drew, Yes, uh, Drew Locke to the Giants. Uh, that would be my pick as quarterback. Yes, I mean, Drew Locke to me is the second-best quarterback in the draft. I mean, great athlete, has the type of arm to be able to throw up in the Northeast in November, December. Uh, I think really him or Kyler Murray, it's debatable who's the most natural thrower uh, in the draft. Locke has a big-time arm. So, yes, if I'm the New York Giants, that would be my pick. I think the big thing here – is probably the 5-8 and eight pick. Devin White to the Bucks. I have him going there. You know, does that become Josh Allen that goes to number 5? There's a lot of talk that the Bucks could use the edge pass rusher to go along with JPP. I think the need is greater at Devin White, at middle linebacker for them, so I go there. Hawkinson at tight end, Jacksonville, a lot of talk about maybe them going offensive line. Their offensive line is already really good, and mm-hmm. they have an offensive line head coach who my history shows me Those guys are good at finding people under the radar, and they're good at coaching and making players better than they really are. I don't think Doug Marone's going to waste the number seven pick on another offensive lineman that's already a pretty strong unit. They got banged up last year. They could use the tight end. Hawkinson can run block, as you know. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to like that. And then you see there I had Josh Allen, uh, number eight to Detroit. Yep. That's probably – Josh Allen was one of the harder ones where I just – I looked at Detroit overall. I know they signed Trey Flowers. That's great. I look at Josh Allen almost as maybe being a Dante Hightower-ish type of player. for That the would Detroit- work well. Right, right. Yeah. So, And to where I say that was I was in New England when we drafted Dante Hightower. What he can do is kind of similar to Josh Allen. He could play 3-4 outside linebacker. You could play him at defense end. There's some true pass rush ability. Oh, no, this week we need you at Mike linebacker or this down. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can do that. I think ultimately that's what Josh Allen is going to be, a little bit of that hybrid – Stand-up linebacker slash we're going to stand you up on the outside of the line of scrimmage and let you rush the passer a bunch of times a game, too, to where he'll do both of those roles. And I think with what Detroit needs, again, I just don't see them going O-line again. Again, I think their O-line is pretty damn good. I mean, they got a first-round center. You know, they have a a pretty good right tackle. They got a second-round left tackle or a first-round Taylor Decker out of Ohio State. To me, I think the defense needs more difference makers up front. That's why they go Josh Allen.
0: And for everyone who's listening instead of watching, uh, just to run through five through eight, five Tampa Bay, Devin White, six Giants, Drew Locke, seven Jacksonville, TJ Hawkinson, eight Detroit with Josh Allen. Yes. And I know all along that you've liked Drew Locke better. or You liked him a little better than Dwayne Haskins. And this is as if you were the GM. Yeah making the call if the Giants decide. Let, let's let's play the Giants, not, not Chris Sims. Yeah, quite cool. If the Giants decide to go quarterback at six, which one do you think it'll be?
1: I, I honestly think uh, would I feel where it's going to go right now is it's going to go Daniel Jones at number six, oh, wow. which I think is insane. Yeah. Okay, but I do. I just feel like – Why I, would they have him better than Haskins and Locke? Uh, I think that he's probably a lot like Peyton, uh, Eli Manning okay. and his demeanor and the way he is. David Cutcliffe coached him. They yes, trusted yeah. him with Eli Manning when he came out of Ole Miss. Yeah. To me, that's where I just feel the Giants. There's too many things. Gil Brandt talks on the radio last week about how Daniel Jones is really Peyton Manning. Okay? Wow. And then the first people to pick it up and put it out in the world – was NJ.com, NewJersey.com, one of their sites. To me, that shows me that, that the Giants were trying to sell this on the public already to kind of gauge it, warn them, let them know that this was going to be the pick. Couldn't they get him at 17? Maybe. But if he's your guy, I think you take him. You're just – you're risking a lot. You're risking a lot. You know, hey, do the Dolphins maybe like him? Do the Redskins like him? You know, again, I would say no, but we don't know what those right. teams are thinking. And if you are, you're sold that one guy is your franchise quarterback, it doesn't take matter him. whether I like you take yeah, him and, right. and, and and the, uh, you know, what do I want to say, the rolling of the dice there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And th- th- there's no reason to do that. If you've decided that's your quarterback, who cares if you take him at 6 or Ernie 17? Ernie
1: Acorsi hired Dave Gettleman. Ernie Acorsi was there when they drafted Eli Manning. Ernie Acorsi's probably friends with Gil Brandt. It's old world Connecting NFL. Yeah, there you I go. just think that are selling Daniel Jones to the tri-state area Look. public
0: already. Okay. Yep. Moving on to 9 through 12. And again, for everybody listening, I'll read out the picks. Buffalo, Montez Sweat. At 10, Denver, Devin Bush. 11, Cincinnati, Jonah Williams, and 12 Green Bay, Rashawn Gary. Yeah,
1: all right. So um, Montez Sweat, uh, I, you know, again, I think he's a top 10 pick. I look at the Buffalo Bills. Jerry Hughes is getting up there in age. Uh, maybe the tight end Hawkinson would have been in play for the Bills. I think that this is probably their next best option to go this route. They made some improvements to their offensive line through free agency and everything like that. So I don't know if they'll go with that at number nine. At number nine, their o line, they're making the right strides. They can get another guy in the second round if they want to round out the O line, Montez Sweat, I think, is too special to pass up for them. So that jumps out to me. Um, I'll
0: tell you what jumps out to me yeah, looking go at ahead. 10, Devin Bush. Sure. And you had Devin White at five going to Tampa Bay. Two inside linebackers in the top 10.
1: Yes. that's, I, it, that's uh, We haven't seen much of that. No, we have definitely not seen. You're right about that. And I'm glad you brought it up because uh, it, it is. And maybe this is a hair of an overdraft of both of these guys where they go a little earlier than they would in most years.
0: I hear a lot of people raving about both of them. It's just that that position, kind of like on the offensive side, guard, hasn't been that coveted this high in the first round. No, you're
1: right. It's not. It's rare. I mean, it's Miles Jack, right, a few years ago to Jacksonville. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, Roquan Smith. It's every now and then you see a guy that's that special at middle linebacker. But I think both of these guys are worthy of that. I think also what's happened in the NFL, you know, a lot of your team defensive speed is dictated through that middle linebacker play. The guy who can fly around and beat the ball hawk or cover the tight end down the middle of the field, all of those things. I just look at Vic Fangio, the Denver Broncos, uh, Devin Bush. He wants, you know, it's a defensive head coach. He wants his defense to get off to a good head start. And I think Devin Bush, they have a need at middle linebacker. I think that makes a lot of sense for them. Uh, you know, and he drafted a similar guy in Roquan Smith last year. But it the two Devons well. are in a class of their own a little bit as far as the rest of the linebacking core. So I think that's why they get probably get a little overvalued in this conversation.
0: Why Rashawn Gary at 12 to Green Bay? Yeah,
1: I I, I look at the Green Bay Packers and go, okay, what do we want to do there? You know, okay, maybe you could get an offensive lineman. I think, you know, they had a little need at right guard. Okay, maybe they could get a tackle for the future because Balaga's getting up there in age. Uh, but – Still, they're there at this point. They got a Billy Turner to play right guard. I hope I'm getting that right, Billy Turner. I got names, and I just go off the top of my head sometimes. (laughs) All right, I got that right. so I think, again, even to address guard needs, they could probably do that in the second round. Right. I, there's nobody there of value or a great no need there. No Quint
0: Nelson-like guard this exactly year. No, exactly
1: right. Not really there to that extent. And I look at their defense. They got some edge guys in free agency. They got some good young corners. Their safety play is pretty good. And I just look, you know, they got Adrian Amos in free agency. And one of my issues with Green Bay is lack of kind of big people difference makers mm. in their front seven. It's only really been Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark. You know, last year they signed Muhammad Wilkerson to be that guy. He got hurt. He's not there. I just think Rashawn Gary, they probably got a really good look and have a feel for him because they're up there in that area. Right. So it made sense to me, and I do think that Mike Pettin likes that type of guy with the versatility he can bring.
0: And there's no Clay Matthews coming off the edge anymore. As no, much, there's so. not.
1: No, there's not. And then, hey, just to talk about this, the Bengals, Jonah Williams, You know, hey, the Bengals, maybe they could go pass rusher here as far as a difference maker. Their defensive line's still pretty damn good, okay? Uh, So there's players there I like on their team to where I go, ooh, they're not desperate there. I just felt like they were desperate as far as the interior Mm. O-line. They need something there. I went with Jonah Williams. Big reason being I think he is the best guard in the draft. I don't think he's worthy of the number 11 pick, but I think there is lack of high-end talent at the guard position in this draft. And I think that he leads the way, so they'll probably overdraft him to a degree.
0: Next four starts at number 13, and you give us a real talking point right there. Dwayne Haskins, quarterback, Ohio State, to the Dolphins. 14, Atlanta, Cody Ford. 15, the Redskins, DK Metcalf, another good one to discuss. 16, Carolina, Brian Burns, the defensive end from Florida State. So let's get back up to 13. Yeah, Haskins. To the Dolphins, you feel good about that one? I do feel good about it.
1: I I mean, the logic is there. I think, you know, whether they think I'm logical or not, probably not. But uh, if I'm the Miami Dolphins, first thing is, I think Dwayne Haskins is very much worthy of a top 10 pick or a top 15 pick. This would be the very exact situation I would want a Dwayne Haskins in. Oh, we got Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm -hmm. He's the guy. We let this young kid who's only played one year of college football, who's also still a kid. He's 21. I don't mean that to be a bad way. There's nothing wrong with being 21 and acting like you're 21. (laughs) Right. You know, we get a little fooled because of the Andrew Lux of the world who come in and are 21 and they act like they're 42. Okay, this kid's a kid. Either way. But there's good in this player. He's got talent. He's got smarts. So everything is there. You got him sit behind Orion Fitzpatrick for a year, and then he become your franchise guy. Also look at the Dolphins and go, what is it? It's New England Southeast, right? They believe in big pocket-type quarterbacks who are going to stand in there and make throws just like Brady does. So I think he fits their overall concept of what they would like on offense too.
0: How long did it take you? How much pause did you have at 15 to give D.K. Metcalf to the Redskins? I,
1: I thought about it. The Redskins are a team where I just looked at and was like, man, what are the Redskins going to do? You know, they could use a corner when I looked at it. Maybe a difference maker on the edge of the defense, too, where I went, ooh, does Brian Burns go to the Redskins because they lost, you know, Preston Smith to the Packers in free agency? But, damn, they got a really good defensive line as is. They still got Ryan Kerrigan. Their offensive line, they still got Trent Williams and Brandon Scherf and Morgan Moses. They got a good offensive line. They just haven't been able to stay healthy. So I went to it and said, okay, Would it be a Greedy Williams, maybe, or a DK Metcalf? And I just said, man, they need a playmaker on offense. They need somebody that can take the pressure off one of these quarterbacks. Yeah. Catch a slant and go. Right, be nice. I think that's what DK can do.
0: Speaking of quarterback, can you see a scenario where they just take the highest quarterback available on their board? Ooh, I
1: I could. I don't think that would be a shock. Like, if Drew Locke was somewhere Mm -hmm. there – I could see them being they, – they, I think Jay Gruden would like either Kyler Murray or Drew Locke. I have right. no inside info, but I was around the guy a lot, almost every day for five years straight. Mm-hmm. I think that's their more cup of tea rather than a Dwayne Haskins or a Daniel Jones. Right. If I'm – Washington, just why we're on this subject, 15, take DK Metcalf, second-round pick, trade it for Josh Rosen – and now you've got your guy. No, I don't think anybody's going to give away a, a first-round pick for Josh Rosen when everyone
0: believes they're taking Kyler Murray. Mm. That would be the move to me. I think that would be great value. If, if Frank Clark is worth the first-round pick and yeah, some extra, right. Josh Rosen's got to be Definitely. worth Definitely. Second and probably
1: a little change, too, to throw in there with it. I think that would be a good way to go. Yeah.
0: All right, next four, beginning with the Giants. And this is their second pick. The Giants in the first round, you had them going quarterback with Drew Locke. At 17, Greedy Williams, cornerback, Minnesota, Greg Little. Tennessee at 19, Dexter Lawrence and the Steelers at number 20, Cleveland Furl or Farrell, whoever you want to talk to, we know who the player is. Greedy Williams to the Giants at 17. That that works out pretty well. They get the quarterback at 6, and they right. get the best corner in the draft at 17.
1: Best corner in the draft, again, 6-2, ran 4-3. Not a lot of people like that out there in football or in the world in general. The Giants have a real need at the corner position. There's really no proven commodity they have at corner other than Janoris Jenkins. They are really... Uh, you know, kind of in Strugglesville, the rest of that conversation. So, hey, we're edge guys in the conversation. Did I think about that a little bit? Certainly. Safety. You know, Jonathan Abram from Mississippi State, that crossed my mind to a degree. But I think when all said and done, this made the most sense to me for what the New York Giants need. You know, I had Brian Burns going off the board at 16 to the Carolina Panthers. Maybe they would fancy a guy like that. Uh, But, no, Greedy Williams, to me, is a pretty special player. And I think he has a chance to be, like, one of those island-type corners in the NFL.
0: You mentioned Brian Burns, and you said that you had him going 16 to Carolina. We had him on the show a couple, three weeks ago. And he talked about all the different places he was going for pre-draft visits because that's what first-round prospects do. He was doing, like, three or four, maybe even five a week. Greedy Williams is the top cornerback from LSU. And if what I'm reading is correct, he didn't make a single – Pre-draft visit? What do, you, what do you make of
1: that? I, that it's really interesting, and I, I'm glad you brought it up before the show. And when you said it, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I read the same thing last week or whatever it was and thought that was interesting too. Now, here's the first thing. He's going to the draft in Nashville. Okay. Somebody's already told Somebody's- him. Maybe multiple have told him, we're, taking, we're you. taking you. So he's very confident in going. So I think, one, when, it ha- when things like that happen – To me, sometimes you could be so much the slam dunk of the guy at your position that no one really wants to bring you in. And if all your character stuff is great off the field to where there's no issue there, teams might just go, you know, he's the best corner. Our scouts had no character concerns at all. We got to spend a little time with him at the senior or at the combine, something like that we're good, he's the best corner, huh. let's just chalk it up to that. Yeah, And I think that's probably what happened with Greedy Williams. Awesome. I know it is, it is pretty interesting that he didn't go one visit.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people think he'll be the only corner to go in the first round. We'll see if, uh, if you feel the same way here coming up. Yep. All right, that's 17 through 20. Let's move ahead 21 through 24, beginning with Seattle. This is the first of their two first-round picks. They just got the 29th from Kansas City. At 21, Christian Wilkins. Another, I think that's three in a row from Clemson you have going. Correct? Yes. Okay, so yeah, that's next uh, to the Seahawks yeah. at 21. I'm just thinking out loud here. Baltimore at 22, Paris Campbell. Houston, 23, Andre Dillard. And tight ends to the Raiders at number 24. Yep. The second from Iowa and Noah Fan.
1: Yep. Um, so I guess Christian Wilkins, uh, I just look at him and go to the Seattle Seahawks. You know, I, I think this is what they're doing. This is why they didn't want to re-sign Frank Clark. They're trying to build this team again with young draft picks, just the way they built the Legion of Boom and the Seattle Seahawks when they went on their Super Bowl run and became special there. You know, 2012, 13, 14, 15, all those years. I think they're trying to do the same thing there. Wilkins, I think, fits that defensive scheme where he can be a nose, uh, a shade nose tackle or a three technique. Has a little bit of both. They always err on guys that are a little more athletic. So. I think that makes, uh, makes sense for them. They certainly have that need there. Hey, the one, Paris Campbell, Baltimore Ravens. Um, I'm a huge Paris Campbell fan. Wow. I thought this was a no-brainer. I just look at him and go, you know, this is Percy Harvin. Uh, this is DJ Moore last year who the Carolina Panthers took. To me, he fits exactly what the Baltimore Ravens want to do. They got tight ends. They want to run the ball. Oh, here's a screen, Paris Campbell. Run and go for 50. Oh, here's a speed sweep. Come across like Tyree Kill. Oh, he turned the corner, ran for 50. That'll fit with what they want to do with Lamar Jackson. you got a lot of evidence of Paris Campbell catching short passes and really making a lot of big plays with Yak uh, with the ball in his hand. So to me, that just made too much sense. They definitely need a wide receiver. There were some other positions I kicked around in the conversation altogether, but uh, I just thought the need of receiver was way too high that they need somebody that's, again – a little bit of a get-out-of-jail-free card. It can't mm. always be between the tackles or a between the tackles or right. four. Okay, make a throw, Lamar. Oh, between the tackles or four. got to have somebody to take the pressure off your
0: team a little bit, and I think Paris Campbell can do that. The, the old saying is that the, the running game or tight end is a quarterback's best friend, but the, the way offenses are playing now, if you have a receiver who can be in the slot and close to you, exactly, that might be a young quarterback's best friend. I, I think
1: that's a very fair point because, like you said, you get some easy completions. Yeah. It's a run game threat. You know, you get the right matchups in the slot. You can still send them downfield and do those type of things. And yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm a big fan of Paris Campbell. Uh, there's questions about his hands. That's the thing,
0: which can concern yeah. you at receiver.
1: It can, rec- but it's not a drops. It's not a drops concerns. I get this. It is more about. His aggressive nature to snatch it, tuck it, and run. Hmm. You know, I, I think the, the people I've talked to, the concerns there were he's a little too careful looking and looking it Did you see that when you watched him? A little bit. It's not like, you know, you like a guy who, like D.K. Metcalf, who has a few drops, but it's like an Odell Beckham Jr. and Antonio Brown. You know, a lot of the times they catch the ball, they're already running as yeah. they're catching it because they're going you know, hey, there's not a lot of separation in the NFL. I need every inch or second I can get. Let me start running up field and just snatch this thing mm-hmm. out of the air and rip it down. And I think that's where some of the hesitation comes with Paris Campbell.
0: Okay, 25 through 28, beginning with the Eagles, Jawan Taylor. 26, the Colts. They hear great things about this player, Jonathan Abram, yes. the safety. 27, Oakland with Collier. And 28, the Chargers, Jeffrey Simmons. Do you want to start at the, at the bottom or at the top here with this little – with this quad,
1: yeah. Well, okay. So twenty. I'll start with twenty-five. The okay. Eagles. I got them taking Jawan Taylor. I do think they have a need to replace a Jason Peters very soon. Jason Peters has been hurt two years in a row. I mean, two, you know, two years ago he missed the Super Bowl run. Last year he was kind of in and out of the lineup. I think we're getting to that time. What is it? Year fourteen for Jason
0: Peters. Is that way he's what? in his mid to high thirties. So it's, it's it's, it's been up a while. there,
1: right? So they need to start thinking about that. Certainly. Hey, I did think Josh Jacobs there. I've heard that, you know, they're in the market for a speed receiver. I thought all of that, but I just think the need at at offensive line is, is greater than anything. So that certainly was on my radar you know, the Colts, Jonathan Abram, no brainer there.
0: Is that the first safety?
1: It is the first safety. It is the first safety. If he's
0: one of these players, after all this evaluation and scrutiny, most people still like a whole lot. Yeah. Safety is a valued position now. Yes. Why? why, why how come he's still around at 26? Yeah, no.
1: I and, and I think there's some teams that we could probably go back and go, ooh, they could be in the running for a Jonathan Abram, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that, you know, he does everything well. I think he's probably a little more strong safety than free safety but can play free safety. You know, I think just the biggest thing is really when you go back and look, I don't know if a team, the Giants have a need of safety. Maybe they're a team that dabbles in that, okay? Okay. Uh, after that, when we talked about the top twenty, I just felt like there was teams that had greater needs at other positions. Mm. The Carolina Panthers, I thought, ooh, there's another team that maybe could be in the Jonathan Abram conversation. And you had
0: them going defensive end, Brian, and Brian Burns, Brian in Burns 16, right?
1: Yeah. Which I just thought was a greater need for their football team there, and the way they play defense, which is more zone-oriented and things like that. And they have some players at safety where I just thought that made more sense. But you know, hey, it, sometimes it's just about what a team needs and things mm-hmm. like that. Great example would be Derwin James from last year. Yeah. Derwin James, I didn't have a friend in the NFL or a person I talked to in front office coach who didn't think Derwin James is one of the 10 best players in the draft. And there we were at pick 18, yeah, right? And he was still on the board yep. because other teams needed some needs, Good and all point. of a sudden it just goes, oh crap, how did that happen? Yeah, right. And that's and what happens sometimes, right?
0: And that team, the Chargers at 28, Jeffrey Simmons, how, how high do you think he would have gone? Minus, minus the ACL injury that he suffered after the season.
1: Yeah, I think he would have been uh, right in the top 12, top 15 debate, maybe even higher to teams that ran a 4-3 that mm-hmm. felt like, ooh, we want a guy who can shoot in gaps and be disruptive that way. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. He is uh, extremely athletic, got great power. He's not a guy that's going to be awesome against double teams You don't want them in a 3-4 defense. To me, that's why I went with the Chargers. The Chargers, you know, have a good football team, as we know. They can have a little bit of what I – this is what I would call almost like a fuck you pick. Like, we're really good – we can kind of just take whoever we think is the best player on the board. I thought about offensive linemen for them here too, maybe to build for the future. But I think ultimately their biggest issue is big people in the middle of their defense. Lost Darius Phylon in free agency. Brandon Meebane's getting up there in age as far as the other defensive tackle. And Jeffrey Simmons just seems – I've been around Gus Bradley. They have a lot of the Tampa – Gus Bradley was with me in Tampa. They have a lot of the Tampa thoughts. We want disruptors, people who are explosive, quick off the ball, and that's what
0: Simmons is, and I think he fits that that scheme very well. Okay, 29-32. to It starts out with the Seahawks pick that they just got in the Frank Clark trade. At 29, they go defense again. Darnell Savage, the safety. Packers, their second pick in the first round, A.J. Brown. And then L.A., the Rams at number 31, Garrett Bradbury. And 32, Jay Sternberger, tight end. To the Patriots, and that's uh, I'm just picturing that fit there with the need for the Pats, and that, that that's a pretty nice pick. It,
1: it is the, the 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 Patriots. It came down to okay, are we going Gronk replacement, or are we getting Nikhil Harry or Debo Samuel? Uh, are they taking a receiver off the board maybe they like? And Debo Samuel or Nikhil Harry I think would be the type of guy. Ultimately, I went with tight end is just too important to this offense where I think Jay Sternberger obviously is the third best tight end in this draft. I think he's the most similar to Gronk. Yep. I mean, kind of a big lumbering looking guy when you watch him on film. But, damn, he makes a lot of people miss in space. He runs by people a ton. He plays much faster than his 4.75 speed at the combine shows Unbelievable catch razius. I just think he fits what the, the, the Patriots want and need at that position. Let's stay with the passing yeah. game
0: at 30. How do you see Aaron Rodgers and the Packers using A.J. Brown?
1: I, the, yeah, I, I went A.J. Brown here. And, and, and again, thought of Debo Samuel, Nikhil Harry – Marquise Hollywood-Brown from Oklahoma, who now you'll know I don't have in the first round. Listen, I'm not going to take a 160-pound wide receiver who has Liz Frank injury in the first round. I'm just not going to do it. And nor do I think Marquise Hollywood-Brown is a great route runner. Uh, I think he's a little bit more of a straight-line guy. So that scared me a little bit. A.J. Brown, I think the value is there for me for the Packers. He's Randall Cobbish, right? Uh, He's much better than Randall Cobb was coming out, but a guy that can be in the slot, he can... Separate. He can catch the ball over the middle, break tackles, make people miss. Going to be able to catch screen passes, do those type of things. But also has enough top end speed that you can put him outside and go. Oh, we can trust you to beat you know Kyle Fuller, the Bears one on one. So I think that's the value there with the with the Packers. They need another offensive weapon, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Again, I even thought Josh Jacobs, as you're seeing here, is not in my first round. It killed me not to have him in the first round. Mm But I think, like, Josh Jacobs, my justification for the Raiders not taking him with their last pick uh, or the Colts or the Eagles, first of all, the Raiders and the Colts pick at the top of the second round. So if they want Josh Jacobs really bad, there's a good chance he could maybe be there. I went with that. You know – uh, so that that jumped out to me. The one I really want to talk about, because this is like one of my man crushes of the draft, mm-hmm. is the Seattle Seahawks pick at 29 with Darnell Savage.
0: Yeah, let's review what you did with the Seahawks. Yeah. So they're on a lot of people's minds with that Frank Clark trade. Right. So you went defense at 21, Christian Wilkins out of Clemson. Defense again with the name you just mentioned, Darnell Savage at safety. What, what should we know about why you like that fit?
1: Yeah, Savage, uh, I, and I made this comparison a little bit on my Monday, Monday podcast, um, his explosiveness is Earl Thomas-ish. It is it is a rocket up his ass, Paul. I mean, for me, he was one of the best pure secondary prospects in the whole draft. I, I really, I, the guy could play corner, and I'd go, he's one of the best corners in the draft. The way Maryland used him, uh, free safety, the speed is off the charts. He he ran four three six at the combine. He plays like he
0: ran run 4 2 wow. six. It's faster on the field. Why, why Jonathan Abram as a higher ranked safety? You had him going to the Colts at 26. I
1: think he's just a. They, they have Malik Hooker, mm-hmm. who's a little bit more of the. Free safety range guy. He had the Achilles tear two years ago. I think you'll see him back. I think Jonathan Abram may be a little bit more of the safer, well-rounded guy. And I think there's a little bit more need of the guy, the strong safety position for them. That's why I went with Abram. But certainly I thought about putting Savage with the Eagles, uh, you know, at at pick what was that, 25. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did think about the Colts, like you said. Um, I even thought about it, you know, with the Rams – at 31 going, ooh, that's another team that has safety needs. But Savage, to me, for the, for the Seattle Seahawks, they got all these long corners. They need a guy who can kind of be a safety slash nickel type guy. Savage did these things at Maryland. Wow. And, Paul, when they put him in some coverage situations, I mean, his ability to put his foot in the ground and burst on the ball, it's every bit as good as Greedy Williams or some of those guys. His tackling – He might not be like a knock-your-head-off guy like Jonathan Abram, Mm -hmm. but he he gets you down every time. And if you think you're going to take a 70-yard touchdown to the house with him on the field, good luck, because he is going to run your ass down. Sounds Uh,
0: sounds like your favorite. He's uh, one of my favorites. He is. He's one of my
1: favorites. And I really think that would fit what Seattle needs. They need that extra guy. I think they need the nickel guy, and that's where they're going to use him. He can be... Go up and fly up and tackle in the run game. Go up and tackle the wide receiver bubble screen. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, we need you to play man-to-man on a slot receiver here? Well, you're punny, freaking fast and got great hips and can do all that. I think he's a really good fit. Or if they just want to play him at free safety and, say, beat
0: Earl Thomas and just be a ball hawk in the back end, I think he's going to be great at that as well. It's almost time that the NFL and and college needs a different name than – than uh, just nickel or hybrid linebacker safety because you play with one almost every single snap. You do. It's become it's a It's not really a position. specialty thing anymore. No, you're right. You, you talked about Greedy Williams. He's right. your only corner. Yeah. I just double-checked it. One corner right. uh, going in the first round, and you have him going 17 to the Giants. How many corners do you think will actually go okay. yeah. in round
1: one? Yeah, I, I mean, again, the names I see, you know, Rocky Sin from Temple, who's a fine football player, I've seen guys like Lonnie Johnson from Kentucky, who's a fine football player, DeAndre Baker from Georgia, fine football player. They run four five, four five five, four five six. That's can't, not can't a, do it in the first round. That's I mean, there's just no fucking way. I'm taking yeah. a quarterback that runs, Oh, you run four five five. Go to cover Tyree Kill. Oh, the guy that's three tenths faster than you go to cover Odell Beckham Jr., who's you know two tenths faster than you. Right. That
0: to me does not logically speak to a first round corner. But if you take him in the second, I, that's w- one better. would call a great value, and you still might ask him to cover the same people. You might, but I would think the
1: guys that I just mentioned there are more nickel type cover corners rather than outside type corners. And I think there's better players on the board at other positions for these teams than, than going, oh, yeah, we'll take the corner who right. runs 4-5-5. Five, five. If you take a corner who runs 4-5-5, five, five, you know, I just don't want to hear it when you go, well – he just—he can't run with any of the good receivers two years from now. Because if you come out with that bullshit-ass excuse, I'm calling you out right now. I'm just telling you, don't even. Oh, we're the we're the Steelers, and we picked Lonnie Johnson at 21, and he can't cover uh, Odell Beckham Jr. No shit. He ran four, five, something. Right. And that's not fast enough to be an
0: outside corner covering Odell Beckham Jr. Right. So that that's just, isn't it something how expectations change, especially at that position. Yes. For for a first round corner or second round corner, in terms of what you're going to ask him to do and what you expect him to do for right. the next decade.
1: Yeah, it yeah. is. It, it's that fine of a line. Uh, but again, that's so over. We, we, we you we, you and I have talked about this a lot lately. It's. First corner is about eliteness. It's not about, oh, he's a complete player. Hey, every now and then you draft a complete player. If you just feel like, oh, this need is so bad that I have to take this guy and he fits where we need it so badly, he's not that special. But, yeah, it's about unique traits in the first round and – You know, to me, yeah, out of the corners, Greedy Williams
0: is the only guy that's got it. Who's the one player – and you you might have said the the name of the running back from Alabama. Yeah. After you looked at your top 32, you're checking in, like, oh, Oh. I I did a great job. I really like my picks. Who's the one guy where you were like, God, I can't can't believe I didn't include him somewhere? It's him. It's Josh Josh Jacobs. Jacobs. Yeah. It it hurt me to where I went back and was like,
1: gosh – this guy's so good. Yeah. You know, and, and again, I mentioned some of the teams. I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles or the Colts or the Raiders at 27 took a, took a Josh Jacobs. But the Colts and Raiders, my logic was, again, running back position. Okay, we know that you can find guys later on the draft. And I just thought those teams had some greater needs. To where, And also, like I said, they pick in the top five of the second round to where if they really like him, I think they're going to have a chance to get him right there again. So that was one for sure. Hey, Hollywood, Marquise Brown, Mm -hmm. like I said, uh, again, I'm not as high on him as other people, but I get what people like. He's a straight speed burner, and that's going to
0: fancy some teams who need that element. Jerry Tillery. I was just going to ask you. I mean, knowing how you feel about traits, we were just in South Bend uh, within the last (sighs) week or two, calling the spring game. I, I, I fully expected to get your mock draft and see Jerry Taylor somewhere between 20 and 32. It,
1: it was uh, another tough one. I'll tell you, and I'll be totally transparent here. I at first had him at 31 to the Rams. Okay. And then – You went Garrett Bradbury. I went Garrett Bradbury because I think their need is greater there. Be- before the Chiefs made the trade mm. with the Seahawks, I had the Chiefs taking Bradbury. Okay. So that's where I was like, ooh, the Chiefs take Bradbury. That's what they need that there. And then the Rams, I went, ooh, I don't know if I like any of the guards or anybody else to fill that void. So I had them going Jerry Tillery because yeah. they had a defensive tackle. But then the Ram- the, the Seahawks and Chiefs made the trade, yeah. and that had to make me reshuffle things. And I said, well, okay, the Seahawks, okay, I think it's Savage is the guy.
0: Yep. And it kind of just shuffled that's, things around. That's very good rationale. I'm going to raise my hand with one more yeah. question. please do. It's too many questions. No, it's not Re- too many. Reach out and stop me. Nope. 21, you have Seattle taking Christian Wilkins. If I remember correctly, on your total player rankings, you have Tillery ranked higher than
1: Wilkins. Yes, I think that the, the big thing I think there with Wilkins is maybe fits that scheme a little bit more as far as shoot a gap, Being able to play a little of the nose tackle situation as well. You know, it was very close to me as far as Tillery, Wilkins. Yeah, I gave Tillery maybe the the slight advantage there Mm -hmm. because I felt like he could do some special things disruption-wise. But I think Wilkins is probably a more of a for-sure thing, too, as far as stopping the run than Tillery, where there's questions about taking on double teams and maybe off-balance at a degree. That was a very tough one for me. I just visioned the Seattle, and I'm the Seattle in this scheme. I thought Wilkins fit the scheme a little bit better than
0: Jerry Tillery. That word fit. and yes. we, We've both been looking at the draft and thinking about it for so many years that one of the common cliches that gets thrown out there every single draft is, do you draft for need or you take the highest player available? I'm not pushing that totally aside, yeah. but it seems like a more important conversation is, do you draft for fit? A fit is more important than need or talent or as important, and versatility. Teams yes. want guys who can do more than one thing, no, that, ma- no matter what the position is, unless it's quarterback. No doubt about that. Uh, that is, is versatility is definitely valued behind the
1: scenes because it gives you wiggle room, mm-hmm. you know. A little bit. Like a Josh Allen. We talk about him at the top of the draft. Well, if it doesn't work at defense end, we can move him to outside linebacker. Or Mm -hmm. or he can stand up and be Anthony Barr, middle linebacker type. You know, so that gives a little wiggle room and like a safety net for that type of player where, yeah, you get a little valued a little bit extra or maybe win a tiebreaker with somebody else. But for me, again, you know, I am not a believer in we pick the best player on our board. So you know, I there was a sign next to me in New England, and I'll never forget it. It was in big letters: "We're not, co- we're not collecting players. We're, we're, we're building a team." Mm. And that to me always rang true. So you're telling me you got four great defensive tackles on your football team, and here you are at pick twenty, and you're the number four player on the draft which is a defensive tackle, you're going to take him just because he's the highest guy on your board? Okay, well, let me just tell you, you're going to have other deficiencies along the rest of your roster if you start building teams like that. Right. And you have to take in that balance a little bit to go, okay, this guy's our best player on the board available, but we have this position. Right. So you got to find
0: the next position, in my opinion, to go, no, we need this, and who's the next guy up to fit yeah. that hole? What's the next best thing that you took away from your time in New England when it comes to the draft And how they've done it and that you're going to have with you as a draft evaluator. Yeah, I think the other thing is they don't care
1: what the public thinks or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Bill is going to trust his evaluation, his gut. And I think that's a little bit what happens with all these mock drafts and these rankings of players. Right. There's, like, a mold that's set. Like, this is one through five, and everybody just reshuffles them one through five. I'm a draft expert. I have this guy three and this guy one. And nobody ever brings any other new guys to the conversation. That's my problem with, you know, guys like Darnell Savage and some of these other guys who don't get thrown in the – Jake Sternberger at the end of the tight end. All we talk about is the Iowa guys. That's all we talk about, first-round picks. No, Sternberger is a – Possible end-of-the-first-round pick. If he doesn't go at the end of the first round, he's going in the first five to ten picks of the second right. round. I feel confident with that. But, yeah, it's, it's that stuff uh, I think that trust your evaluations more than anything. I try to cancel out the outside noise. Hey, I look at, you know, if you throw it on the screen again, just um, the Raiders pick at 27 if anybody back there in the control room, you know, if you want to throw that graphic up. I got the Oakland Raiders taking LJ Collier at 27, okay? He's a defensive end from TCU, mm-hmm. a guy that's name has not been thrown out there in the mainstream quite enough for, for my liking. You know, could they use a Josh Jacobs? Certainly. Everybody's got a Josh Jacobs. Josh right. Jacobs, right? Yeah, okay. But they have some decent running backs there already. Their biggest need at that part of the draft, they need an edge guy. Okay? They got Quinn and Williams. I gave him Noah Fant, right? Mm-hmm. They needed some sort of difference maker to come off the edge of their defense. Uh, so – to me, that's a guy that fills a need. Who, okay, maybe isn't the 27th best player in the draft. Maybe he's somewhere between 30 and 42. But you draft him a few spots earlier because yeah. you have a desperate need at that right. spot. Right. That's that's where it gets hard in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: need and fit come in into every single draft. Room. Definitely does. But,
1: and I and I put my always felt myself and like I you know I was in so many meetings with the Gruden's and John mm-hmm. Gruden especially. Like I know. He's gushing about Josh Jacobs, so that's where it began. Like, he's I probably gushing know. about a lot of people. He though, probably right? is, yes, no, no doubt about that. But he just, I look at Josh Jacobs and go, oh, this is just Gruden's company. He's Alvin Kamara. That's who I've compared him to, except I think he's more explosive. That's huge, praise. I know. That's what I think he is, though.
0: And you don't have him in the first. I know.
1: That's crazy. Well, Alvin Kamara went in the third. But if there was a redraft, yours, he'd be in the top. 10. Yes. Yeah yeah. 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 Yes, he'd be in the top ten, top twenty, certainly. So maybe I'm wrong about Josh Jacobs. It only takes one team. Uh, you know, and I forgot that I, I did not – when you said the three Clemson guys in a row, that didn't even register in my brain. Yeah, you had them going uh, I was 19, like, what are you, 20, and 21. I kind of brushed you off if you didn't notice because I was like, I don't even know what that you're talking sometimes. about. And then I had to look and go, holy, holy <laughs> shit, used, I did pick three Clemson guys it. in a row. Yeah, uh, Cleland Farrell, okay, at Pittsburgh, number 20. Yep. I don't think he's better than LJ Collier or Jalen Ferguson, but – they look for edge guys mm-hmm. that can play outside linebacker and defense end. Their guys are going to have to drop back into pass coverage. Cleland Farrell is more of that type of player than an L.J. Collier or J. Ferguson, who I like as an edge player a little bit more, but yeah. they don't fit their scheme. So I went and went, damn, I don't like him as much as these guys, but I think but his fit. skill set fits this team better.
0: This brings us back to right where we started this yeah. conversation about fit because Frank Clark from Seattle to Kansas City – You basically said you have D Ford, Frank Clark. You know Frank Clark's a little better player, but he's a much better fit. Yes. And that's that's kind of what this whole thing's been about. It's it's the name of the game.
1: Fit is the name of the game. And who's a better example, again, than the New England Patriots? Every year we go, who's this guy playing defense end? Who's this guy playing middle linebacker? Who's this? It's some guy that fits fits with what what they they want to do, and they think he fits – the way they make up their team or their schemes on a week-to-week basis, and that's what matters, you know, a whole lot.
0: couple interviews coming up. Yeah, baby. For you. Yeah, that's why we said screw Phil Simms today. <laughs> no time for the old man. No time for that guy. Did I hear Ed Oliver, maybe? Ed
1: Oliver. I'm yeah. pumped to talk to him, certainly. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite players in the draft. And, and you then, have him going third to the Jets. Third to the Jets. So I want first dibs on him. If he comes to New York, I'm going to peer pressure him to saying that. And then – um, I want uh, – and then we got Devin White, nice. who's uh, – I got going number five to Tampa Bay, the, the house that Chris Sims built. Yeah. Yeah, not really, but <laughs> –
0: That would mean three of your top five picks here, if you throw in Quinn Williams, have been on the show. You're right.
1: It's pretty good. You're right. I'm showing some – who says I'm a quarterback and I only like quarterbacks and offensive <laughs> guys. I'm all about the the defensive big, ugly guys.
0: That would leave Kyler Murray at one and Nick Bosa at two. They've, they've not been a part of the mix here, so maybe – Maybe down the road.
1: No, I would like to – I certainly would like to get either one of them. And that that's going to be an interesting discussion too, you know, number two. Yeah, I think the 49ers will take Nick Bosa, but certainly wouldn't be shocked. And, I, I mean, they got to be evaluating. Ooh, Nick Bosa, Quinn and Williams, that's a very close pick there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that, that, that's something to watch out for as well. Because I do think Quinn Williams is the better all-around player than Nick Bosa, but not a lot. And I think there's a little bit more of a need for the edge guy over the D-tackle to where you go, okay, we take Bosa.
0: And it's been so long since they took a front four player in the first round. I mean.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah so long. 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> a whole 12 months ago. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no doubt about it. But uh, I think they're going to have a special defense next year. So uh, I'm excited about that. Okay. I got a guy coming on, big timer here. Yep. Ed Oliver, okay, Houston. I played against Houston. I beat them in college twice, so I'm going to use that against them too. (laughs) Sure, Uh, I like that. But either way, here's the Ed Oliver interview. Really excited to talk to him.
3: He looked like you played quarterback.
1: I did. I played quarterback. That's right. (laughs) We're going. I'm Chris Sims, okay? I am Chris Sims. I am the – Yeah. You took it. (laughs) (laughs) I took it. Go ahead. We're rolling. Yes, I took your head coach's job. That's right. Your old head coach. I officially don't like you no more. What? He didn't even give you a winter coat when you were cold on the sideline. How could you like him?
3: I officially don't like you no more.
1: Damn you. I thought that was going to be a positive. I didn't know Uh -uh. it was going to be a negative. Gosh. Uh Gosh. All right. First of uh, all, let's get uh, nope. this let's get this out of the way, okay? Uh, not that I want to get it out of the way, but you're doing something on the half of Braun, Braun today, right? Uh, you uh, always uh, look edged up and clean and looking H yeah, nope. town fresh as usual. So give me your plug for Braun. I want to hear it.
3: Man, I can't give you my plug, but just know they give me right. They got the right products for you. They know how big the moment is out here at the draft, so they got me cleaned up, got me looking right, got me ready to go in front of millions of people, you know, and they take pride and they they take pride in their product and they take pride in getting you yeah,
1: you're looking good. Yeah, I hear that. I use brawn shaving cream, so I'm all there in on go. it already. Yes, all in on it. And I feel like when I used to get it low on the sides, my barber used to use brawn to really shave it down. So uh, that was that was a go to. OK, so you're going to get cleaned up and freshed up, freshened up, though, right before the draft on Thursday, right?
3: No, nah, I think I don't think I'm going to stay right here. They
1: got me looking good. You do? You don't think so. Yeah, no, no, you look pretty damn good for a guy that's 6'2", 287 and you yeah, you look pretty <laughs> good. <laughs> yes. You see it? I like you it. You see it? I mean, I really that's where I want to start. First of all, uh, I have a man crush on you just so you know. Uh you're a freak of nature in a lot of good ways. I mean that. Okay, so that's where I want to start. All right, first of all, how big were you when you came out of the womb? I want to know your birth size. Nobody's asked you that today.
2: Uh, I
3: don't know, about 10 pounds. I don't
1: know. About 10 pounds? I figured you were big. 10 pounds is big enough. That'll qualify. No, I, I think I was uh, 8 pounds,
3: 7 ounces, 13 8. ounces. I don't know. Something okay, like okay. 8 pounds.
1: That's, that was like Chris Simsville. So somewhere along the lines, you got a lot bigger and stronger. Okay, here's the next yep. thing. What, what point – how old were you when you realized you were a freaky, different kind of athlete? Uh, what age was it? What Or what specific event that had finally hit you to go, okay, I got a chance to be something here maybe later on in life?
3: It's probably in high school when I, uh, when I realized I was faster than some of the DBs and some of the linebackers. I was like, wait a minute. They're not supposed to be like that. But when I start running with them and I start beating them uh, in sprints and stuff like that, that's when I realized, like, It's not
1: right. Yeah, no, it's not right. Uh, It's not. Uh, But that's why you are going to go in the top five of the NFL draft, certainly. I mean, okay, so a lot of the talk about your size, things like that. I know you played out of position at Houston. Do you even have to worry about what you eat right now? Like, are you just, like, such good shape and you work out so much, you can eat anything, or do you pay attention to your diet?
3: That's how I was in in college. It didn't matter – what all I ate, I, I look good regardless. So, uh, but now I I start investing in myself and uh, taking it a little, a little bit more serious. It's a, it's a dis- different level of competition. Your body have to, be in tip-top shape so now i watch a little bit
1: okay you watch a little bit do you have to are you the type of guy that's got to like work on staying above 280 pounds or do you have to actually like eat less to make sure you don't go above 290
3: if i don't don't work out i'll blow up
1: you will blow up okay yeah Yeah, I had a feeling that that would that that might happen um, because that is because you're a freaking nature. All right, here's some other fun questions. I'm dying to know. Like, give me your max squat. What's the most you ever put on your your back squatting?
3: Uh, I say about six fifty, probably six fifty plus.
1: Damn. Okay. And what about power clean? What's give give me a range there?
3: Power clean was three eighty five. Damn. That's that's
1: insane. There. Okay. And then what
3: about bench press? For uh. I think at Exos, it was 465.
1: 465. Okay, you think those yeah. records for for Houston Cougar
3: football, or at least towards the nah, top? Nah, they they had guys that were stronger than me. That's so crazy about it.
1: That that really is crazy. I mean, absolutely insane. Really. Okay, so here's the next thing. All right, you go through. You made a lot of draft visits, right? Um, mm-hmm. You got a clue on who you think's gonna draft you at this point? You don't need to tell me names. I don't want to get you in trouble or anything. But nah,
3: I mean, I mean, it, it's no telling what was gonna happen. I, I really don't know. I'm just enjoying the process right now. So, uh, okay, wherever I fall, I can guarantee you, my mom gonna smile and I'm gonna smile too.
1: Yeah, that's right. You are. You're and okay. So right right off of that, what's the first thing we're gonna buy, mom, when you become really rich on Thursday night? And what's the first thing we're gonna buy yourself? On uh, you know, when you get a little cash in the in
3: the bank account, well, well, you know, my mama, she really ain't, she really ain't told me what she wants, so I just pop up and surprise her with some, and and hopefully she like it, cause she ain't told me nothing. But as far as me, I just wanna, I just want a new truck, and I get that, I'm good.
1: Okay, okay, so you're going with a truck. I don't think you can go wrong with buying mom a car. I'm just, I'll just put yeah, that out there. Since I'm mean, getting
3: the cars, you might, might as well, yeah, get, two, get yeah. two birds one stone. You
1: know it, but I, I don't think she wants a truck. I think women, the, she's,
3: she's most I'm women. I'm telling are, you, my mom is different. She she likes being up off the ground, so you never know.
1: Okay, okay, I won't judge. I don't know your mom. You're right. I'm just saying. i feel like all women are suckers for Mercedes. You just can't go wrong there. And, yeah, and you'll be yeah. Able, but it be the
3: SUV type? I think she an SUV truck type. Of Lady. Okay, they got plenty of those. All right, so
1: more things about the draft, just that I'm I'm, I'm intrigued by. I mean, uh, you played out of position at, at, in college. Yeah. You played nose tackle, which wasn't fair to you, but because you're so awesome, you were able to shine even at that position. What's kind of the yeah. number one concern teams have about you when you go around talking to them? Usually, what's the the one concern or one thing they bring up and ask you about?
3: Um, uh, it'd probably be um. It probably be me not having enough three technique reps, but they know they know I could play it. All. I mean, yeah, the the proof is in the pudding. Me playing nose guard, dominating. They know if I get in a three technique, I I can do that plus more, uh, being single block. But that probably be the only concerns is not being certain of how good I could be in a three technique. It's kind of like a like a hunch on how good I can be, but I mean, it's a pretty good hunch. If you just, y'all you gotta do is turn on and tell you a pretty good hunch.
1: No, it, it's it's a definite hunch. I mean, in fact, it's a. I mean, a, it's kind of look like it's a force of nature coming. Uh, do you do you find yourself kind of being thrown in the Aaron Donald conversation a lot? Because yeah. I mean, I feel like that gets talked about a lot. What's that do to you when you kind of hear that kind of? You talk? know,
3: you know, being compared to a Hall of Famer, uh, basically, uh, not if but when. Uh, it's great, but uh, when I get in the league, I'm I'm in competition with Aaron Donald, and I'm trying to go stat for stat with him. So, yeah, just even having my name being compared to him is is great. But I'm trying to go stat for stat.
1: Yeah, I hear you. You you're gonna make Ed Oliver household name. I yeah. get that. Okay, we got we got EO. You, yeah, I and EO or Easy Ed—that's what I'm gonna call you, Easy yeah, Ed because yeah. you make everything look easy. Don't I won't
3: yeah, I won't
1: charge you for it. You can take it for free. <laughs> okay. What? Well, uh, do you have a dip in your mouth right now? You got a dip in your mouth, don't you? No, okay, damn, I thought you did. I, I've known some defensive tackles that like to dip all day long, so I'm sorry if I offended you I think, there. I
3: think you just said I had a big lip.
1: You said that I did not. <laughs> okay, all right. So this is the, my my another one one big question I got. You wore number ten in college, like you're not going to be able to do that in the NFL. Yeah, the one zero. I liked it. You looked really good at it, but when you go to the NFL. You're going to have to change. What what number do you think you're going to go? Are you going to go 90s, 70s? I'm going 91. You're going to go 91? 9 plus 1, 10. That's your number. So is there a reason behind you wearing number 10? It
3: just looks good.
1: It just looks good. <laughs> And so you're stuck with that, and you want to go nine plus one is ten, and that's just you're gonna stay with one, that. one
3: ten all day long.
1: Okay, I, I'll I'll buy it if you say so. I'll buy it. All <laughs> right. This is the other thing I got. I really am hoping the New York Jets draft you at number three. Okay, that's where I want because you I, and me both. I'm up here in New York, and all I'm saying is this: um, I want first dibs when you come to New York. Okay, we'll call Braun up. We'll get you freshened up. And I want to be like your introduction hype man to the city of New York. All right. All right. Let's do it. I I played quarterback. You know, uh, my dad was the quarterback for the Giants for 15 years, Phil Sims. Yeah. And I feel like I can get some good hype around you. So I got you locked in. If you go to the New York Jets, you're all mine. Just, you know. All right. Got you. All right. All right. Cool. way to I like that. You the man. I want to wish you, like, the best of luck for the draft, man, and the best of luck with your career altogether. Big fan of your game, man, and uh, keep it going, and good luck Thursday night.
3: Appreciate it. See you, dude.
1: Ed Oliver, freak show. Yeah. About to be rich. Yeah. I hope he comes here to New York. I think he's, like, going to be the perfect personality for this town. And, like, the Jets fans, I think, are going to rally around this freaky guy in the middle of their defense. So that would be cool. Yeah. Certainly. Um. I mean, can you imagine being 287 and running around the way he does? Right. Like, it's
0: insane. That's why he's a top five pick. He has the traits. He has the
1: traits. I mean, it's insane, actually, that he has the traits. I mean, he really is. Uh, He's special. But we're going to talk to another special guy coming up right now. Devin White, middle linebacker from LSU. I mean – Talk about a bull in a china shop. Yeah. That's what this guy is. Middle middle linebacker, ball hawking, game wrecking type guy. I loved watching film of him
0: and you have him go number 5 yes. in your mock draft to the buccaneers since you were drafted by the buccaneers did you do that so you could give him some advice Just on little hey, love do this in tampa
1: going to tell him a few places to go a few mm-hmm. dinner spots yeah. tell him where not to go so he doesn't get in trouble Good i'm advice. also an expert Good in advice. that as well so <laughs> going to do both but here's devin white from LSU hopefully the number 5 pick to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so i look smart it's just good. I want to show everybody your damn good looks, okay? Are we rolling? Let's start this, okay? Here we go. It's Chris. Let's get it. Let's get it. It's Chris Sims. I'm here, motherfuckers, okay? <laughs> and I got Devin White, and he's here on behalf of Braun, which I want to give a lot of props to because you look freshly shaved, very nice, well done, everything clean, tight, looking good for Thursday night. Give us, give us what, what Braun's doing for you. Let me hear it right off the bat. Let me hear your sales pitch. Now, you can play linebacker. Let's see if you can sell a product.
2: Can I sell a product? Yeah. Well, look, <laughs> if you if you want to be fresh, if you want to hit the red carpet looking spiffy, you got to come see Bron. You know, any loose hair, anything you got on your face that you don't want there, they're going to make sure it's not there. You're going to be clean. You're going to be nicely cut. And look, if you don't have a wife, you might leave with one, just Uh, because you're looking so good. uh, So shout out to Brian for getting me right for the draft tomorrow. When I hit the red carpet, I'm going to be nice.
1: Oh, I like that. That was a good one. I like the the wife line too. Well done. That sold me right there. I'm taken, so I don't need any more wives. I can only handle one at a time. Um, let Let me just say this. I'm impressed because, first of all, that's your cell phone buzzing as we're doing this interview right there. That's okay. Don't worry. I don't care. Oh, look. See? Okay. All good. Don't worry. Um, you're a linebacker. You've proven that to me already just with some of the stuff we had to orchestrate here trying to get FaceTime, Skype, all worked out. You were middle linebacker and calling defensive calls out, so uh, you're, you're able to be the quarterback of the defense. That's You already sold
2: me that, okay? You good there? I'm good. I just showed you, like, when something ain't working, you got you to gotta let your mind you know, show you, hey, we got to solve the problem. We solved the problem. He, You couldn't hear him tell you the number, but guess what I thought of? Let me put the number on the phone and show it to him, visual.
1: That is what I call next-level thinking. And I mean, who said football players are dumb and middle linebackers are dumb? And just so you know, I played football, too. I don't expect you to know me, but I played a little bit in the NFL quarterback. And just want to let you know, my last win at the University of Texas my senior year, came against Nick Saban and the LSU Tigers. Yeah, eat it. You heard it. You heard it. That's right.
2: Okay. Hey well Hey, guess what? what? Them Tigers play Texas next year, buddy.
1: Oh, damn. I don't know if we're ready to see you guys yet. Actually, that's not, I'm not sure. I like that matchup. Okay. Th- yeah. This is the first thing. I mean, I saw just because, you know, I looked up some stupid facts about you before we started. Born on February 17th, 1998. That's absolutely <laughs> disgusting that you're only 21 years old. But also, <laughs> do you know who also was born on February 17th? Michael Jordan. Okay, that's all. I figured you might know that one. So, greatness is there to be had on your birthday. That's the first cool thing about it. All right, here's the, here's the other thing I want to just get into right away. Um, what, like, uh, when you were growing up, what point did you know that you had a chance to be, like, a special athlete, maybe play professional sports or professional football? Was there a moment or a grade where you said, I got a chance?
2: Well, my freshman year in high school, And, like, I was dominating the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. And I started having, like, Louisiana Tech was the first school that came. And, like, they was, like, really interested in me. And then LSU offered me a scholarship. I was like, man, I'm getting offered at 15 years old, basically. Like, I must be really, really good. So I was like – You know, I want to stick with it. I want to go hard in it, and I want to uh, go to the next level. Then from now I want to go to the next level. And so far, you know, I went to the next level. Now it's time to go to the next level again.
1: Yes, it is. You're about to be, uh, I think you're going to be the number five. You're either going number five to Tampa Bay or number six to the New York Giants. I'm just telling you right now. That's all you need to know. Okay?
2: Why I can't be number one? I feel like I'm going number one to the Cardinals.
1: mm, Nope. I don't think they need you. I think they're going Kyler Murray. Sorry. I, I mean, you're worthy. You're worthy of the number one
2: okay okay that makes me feel better by you telling me I'm worried, I feel better now.
1: like no joke Devin and I've said this on the podcast many a times you were one of the most fun watches uh anybody I studied coming out in the draft this year I mean you are a true ball hawking middle linebacker and that's where I kind of you know want to want to start I mean who did you grow up idolizing playing middle linebacker who do you model your game after as, as a, a, a linebacker
2: well, man, I always just play by myself, like myself, man. I think I'm a unique player. I don't think I play like no one in the NFL. But if I always had to compare myself to somebody or say, man, I watched that guy a little more than other guys, it'll be Patrick Willis. You know, that guy played the game the right way. That guy was a complete beast at the University of, um, University of Mississippi. Yeah, I seen him play LSU, and I seen him um like, just stuff Justin Vincent in the hole, which was one of our great tailbacks at LSU. And I was like, man, that that guy right there, he played the game the right way. So I respect mm-hmm. his game, and I also respect Ray Lewis' game. And there's a lot of guys that's playing the game to this day that I talk to, right? but I can't be real friendly of them because I'm trying to chase them and pass them and how good they
1: are. Okay, alright, so just while you're on that, because you brought up Patrick Willis, who was a beast, and Ray Lewis who was a beast. Like, give me two more names so we can make a complete Mount Rushmore there. You got Ray, you got Patrick Willis, who would be two other defensive guys or linebackers that you'd put up there, at least somewhat in that class. Could be playing today or retired. I don't care either way.
2: If I would if I am I'm, I'm gonna go with two modern okay. day ones. Yeah. I'm going to go. Now I'm going to give you three. Luke Keekley. Okay. Deion Jones. Yeah and at is in.
1: Oh, okay, you damn homer, you. Okay, you with the LSU guys. All right, I got you. I don't know if I'm going to accept some of those LSU answers, but either way, they are ballers, okay? They yep. really are, and uh, I respect again game. That's kind of where I wanted to go with you next, Devin. I mean, LSU right now, it's kind of insane, the amount of players that have come out of that school the last 10, 11 years. I mean, it's its one pro bowler and all pro after another. Who do you think is the most famous alumni of LSU right now, if you had a pick?
2: Let me see. If I had a pick, I would say Odell Beckham Jr.
1: Yeah, you say all the way. Odell, you think he's (laughs) surpassed even like Shaquille O'Neal as almost like all-time famous LSU alum? You think he's reached that status? Odell
2: Beckham Jr. is on the world that, it's not even this universe. He's a – he can go to China and he's going to be the most – he going to be one of the most famous person that's in the building. Like, he's on a different level. He's, like, on a rock star famous. But, you know, not just, you know, off the field. He he shows you why on the field. Like, yeah. the one-hand catch. Um, how fast he is when he can take a slant and go score 80 yards, man. That's one of the best receivers i ever seen. And everybody always talk about their top guys. You know, I'm, I'm biased anyway to the hometown guys. But, you know um, – Shoot, Jarvis and Landry as well, A.B., Julio, all those guys good, but Odell, he the best in the game right
1: Yeah, now. I'm with you there. I'm, uh, I'm on OBJ, OBJ's train all the way. I jumped on that bandwagon about two years ago, and I think it was a, a smart one to jump on. Okay, that's, you, know, you talk about LSU. All right, I'm just interested. I always like to ask guys this type of things. With all the guys that you were there around, not naming yourself, who was kind of the freakiest athlete the last few years you've had around LSU? Who's the first person that comes to your mind there?
2: I say Leonard Fournette.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, tell me about it. What was it that you just saw every day that made him so special?
2: So, look, when I first met this guy, you know I came in as a running back, kind of. They thought I was going to play running back. This guy, like, he was basically wanting to be my mentor, my big brother. He wanted to show me weight. So we had this thing, what is called Breakfast Club, at 7.30 a.m. And he told me to come to the 6 o'clock workout with mainly, like, the juniors and the seniors. So I come. We in there lifting. This guy up in there squatting the the whole weight room, basically. Lifting the whole weight room. I tried to do it, and next thing you know, I was tilted. One side was falling over on me because I just wasn't ready yet. I was a pup. <laughs> I was trying to jump out with the big dogs. But, man, then watching that guy in college throw people in the ground, watching him play in the NFL, telling people, hey, come tackle me. Come on, come on. Yes. While he's running in mid-play. Man, one, a fully healthy Leonard Fournette is a, is a Mack truck. Peterbilt, uh, yep. anything, whatever you want to call them, freight Freightliner.
1: Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm also with you on the Leonard Fournette bandwagon. I love me some Leonard Fournette. I love anybody that brings in like, <laughs> bring it kind of crap and. Honestly, that's what I like about your game, man. You got no fear. You are like a bull in a china shop. You just hit everybody. You run around like a crazy person. Um, I want to go back to what you were saying in the weight room. I mean, first of all, I'm going to tell everybody out there: this is again Devin White, the best linebacker in the draft. He is definitely going in the top ten. He's six foot, 237 pounds. He ran a 4.42. That is not fucking normal for somebody that big to run that fast. You have a 39. Nine and a half inch vertical so i want all these things i mean give me first of all like you obviously can dunk like can you do some cool cool dunks or you just like a hammer it down power dunk kind of guy
2: yeah i could do some cool dunks but i, I like dunking hard basically trying to break the backboard like i ain't never been into the flashy let me windmill. let me go behind you know i just want to dunk hard as possible so everybody can be like boom oh. just every time i dunk
1: yeah, I, I I had a feeling you might say that. Okay, now you talked about weightlifting. Um, let me hear. I asked Ed Oliver, who I interviewed before you, and I know I think he's somewhere in that room because you two are both some of the freakiest guys in the draft. Squat. I want to hear max squat, power clean, and bench press. Like you know, I don't know if you've done the max, but what do you think you're close to or a ballpark number for me?
2: My ballpark number for bench is probably 450. Um, uh, I'm not the strongest ox in the building, but I'm, I'm up there, about 450 guy. Um, p- power clean, shoot. I think I shut down at 330, 335. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which is a good number for myself. Right. Ryan. As far as um squatting, I can squat the house. I'm, I'm 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 over 600. I'm over 650 probably. I'm like a 670 guy, six six somewhere in there. Like I got the I got the record for linebackers. Um, broke Kevin Miller record at LSU for the the um you know, the most pounds by a linebacker in LSU history. So whatever Kevin Minnan had, I surpassed him.
1: Well, I can believe it. Um, I'm very big into evaluating certain aspects of players' body in far as making what makes them good football players. And really, every good football player, and a lot of the ones you just mentioned, uh, have this one attribute. You guys got unbelievable legs and ass. Uh, that's the yep. one thing I, I, I jumped out of me right away. As soon as I saw the end zone version of you playing linebacker, I said, okay, I like this kid's body. I like this kid's legs and ass. I knew you had a chance, and you're confirming those thoughts for me. So thank you very much. So because Yeah,
2: of- I mean, I was training at Exos with Brent Calloway, and we were squatting, and I had, like, probably almost 600 on there, and we weren't supposed to be there heaven him. He and I was doing it with ease. He was like – man, you a freak of an athlete. I was like, coach, this is easy to me. Like, I can squat all day. It's the easiest lift to me. Like, power clean and all that, it's cool and fun, but I feel like squatting. It don't really take mud out. The only thing I can do is put the weight on your back, go up and down.
1: Yeah, that's all you gotta do. Just 600 pounds, no problem. Okay, sure, whatever you say there, buddy, old pal. (laughs) Yeah, my fucking back would break. I got no chance of doing that. Um, All right, now I wanna just ask you this. You talked about best players at LSU and the people you've been around. You've been in SEC football, SEC is clearly the best conference in college football right now. Who would be the best player you played against? uh in your in your years at LSU
2: oh man yeah I know there's a lot Dana of good Hurts. ones yeah Dana Hurts. really man that guy when he on the field he give you problems that's all I'm gonna say when he on the field he give you problems
1: I I, I can understand that he and he's a phenomenal athlete so he was even more impressive to you or more of a pain in the butt to you than even like Tua at Alabama just
2: you, well you know I only played Tua for a half that's right well, he had a big long run on us, and we was in an all-out hot blitz. I think we sent the whole house, and the person who was supposed to account for Tua got lost in coverage when he supposed to been spying the quarterback, and he had the one long run. It was a, it was a bust by us, but I mean, hats off to him. He was athletic. He made a play, but. Jalen Hurts.
1: Yeah, okay, I like it. I'm, I'm glad you gave me something different. I wasn't expecting that. And he is a phenomenal athlete, so I understand that. And I actually respect the man a whole lot for the way he's handled himself uh, as far as that situation is concerned. Okay, so you went on a lot of draft visits. You got any clue right now as to what team you think is going to pick you? I know you don't have to tell me, but do you got any idea where you might end up as of uh, tomorrow night in round one of the draft?
2: Yeah, since I don't gotta tell you, I'm not gonna tell you. But I got four teams in my head. That's pretty picking hot. That's picking pretty high. That I think I might go to, but I'm not sure which one. But if it's one of those, I'm cool. I'm cool with it. I'm gonna go there and I'm gonna work hard and yeah. I'm gonna try to make something happen.
1: Yeah, I know you are, and you're gonna make something happen. You're not gonna have to try. I believe in your ability. All right, out of all the visits, I don't know how many you took. I know it was a pretty long list of of teams what was uh, some of the coolest things you did on your visits? Any cool meals? Any cool outings with players? Anything jump out as far as that's concerned?
2: Uh, The coolest visit that I had was the New York visit when I visited the Giants. You know, that morning I got to go to – on first take, I got to go on NFL Live, live in the studio. I've never heard that show.
1: I don't even know that show. I don't even know that. It doesn't exist over here at NBC. (laughs) I mean, I got to
2: be on the – I got to go, um, you know, see Manhattan. I got to go on. Uh, I think it's called Circle Park, to the park where they got the the horses and carriages. Yeah, Central I got Park. To just do a lot of stuff. So anytime I'm able to get in front of this camera is always a blessing because the world get to see who Devin White really is under that helmet. So I want to thank you for having me on here as well.
1: No, thank you. And that's really what one of my missions uh, as far as what I do on the podcast. Because you're not just a number in some face mask. I want to show people who the players are. So I'm gonna throw this out one more level here. When you get, if you get drafted by the Giants in number six, I'm right here in the New York area. My dad played yeah. quarterback for the Giants for 15 years. I want first dibs as your hype man in New York, man. I'm just, we'll go around. We'll get you to know the city. We'll make some fun. Uh, we'll have some fun, and we'll get everybody to know this beautiful, brawn, handsome face you got working here. And make I need it, a
2: favor, though. Yeah. If I come to New York, you need to go find me a crib that got some stalls that's not too far from the facility where I can keep my horses. Oh,
1: okay. I can work on that. I can, I can do that. My little girl rides horses, okay? And um, you will be rich enough to have your own horse. Uh, I don't have my own horse yet, but damn, it's an expensive sport. I can tell you that. And my girl, of course, picked that. So I can help you in that department. So that sounds like a deal. Uh, we're going to meet up. If you come with the Giants, I'm going to come find you. So I hope you uh, are ready for that.
2: All right. Thank you, buddy. All
1: right. You the man. Uh, I really just want to say good luck to you in the draft. Uh, I hope you end up where you want to end up. And really, good luck with everything in the future, playing, getting used to your new hometown city. Chris Sims here, and I will be rooting for you, man. Good luck.
2: All right. Thank you, brother. Good luck.
0: See you, buddy. Peace out. Devin White, good dude. He would uh, – the Buccaneers would be, would do well oh. to
2: have him go to your
0: old spot there. No question. In Tampa. Let's put a wrap on your mock draft today. We're going to go one through eight right now. I'll read the names. Kyler Murray, number one to Arizona. Bosa, two to San Francisco. The Jets take Ed Oliver at four. The Raiders with the first of their three picks. Quinn and Williams to Alabama. Devin White, the man you just talked to, to the Bucks At six, Drew Locke, quarterback Giants. Seven, the Jags go tight end, TJ Hawkinson, and at number eight to the Lions, Josh Allen.
1: Yeah, I think the one that jumps out to me there is number six, the New York Giants. I got them taking Drew Locke. All signs are pointing towards them taking Daniel Jones. I would never do that at number six. Drew Locke is the second-best quarterback in this draft for me. Uh, And again, you know, again, all these guys are going to sit a year behind Eli Manning regardless and have a chance to grow. That's the situation the Giants are
0: in right now. Nine, Buffalo Montez Sweat. I like that pick there. Ten, the Broncos, Devin Bush, another inside linebacker from Michigan. Eleven, offensive line to the Bengals, Jonah Williams. Twelve, the Packers with Rashawn Gary. Thirteen, another quarterback, Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State to the Dolphins. Fourteen, offensive line from Oklahoma, Cody Ford, goes to the Falcons. Fifteen, you have the Redskins with DJ Metcalf. And at sixteen, Brian Burns Defensive end from Florida State to the Panthers.
1: Yeah, I think the one that – I mean, of course, Dwayne Haskins to the Dolphins. I think that's the perfect situation for him. He gets to sit behind a Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think Dwayne Haskins is a talented football player. The other guy I want to just talk about quickly, Cody Ford at 14, okay? Not getting enough attention in this draft process for me. He is a franchise Jason Peters, Trent Williams-type left tackle, a desperate need for the Falcons. I feel like there's been other guys who get more talk in this draft at the tackle position – for me, Cody Ford, size, ability to take on the power rush, the footwork at 328 pounds, long arms, man, he was put on earth to be a franchise left tackle.
0: Let's break this next group up here, Chris, into groups of four. So at 17, the only cornerback you have going in round one, the Giants' second pick, Greedy Williams. At number 18, Greg Little from Ole Miss to the Vikings. 19, beginning a rip of three consecutive Clemson players. Dexter Lawrence to the Titans. And at 20, you have the Steelers taking... Cleveland Furrell also from Clemson. Yeah, and I think
1: the one I'd like to talk to about in that group is number 19, Dexter Lawrence. We didn't get to talk about that a whole lot. I, Dexter Lawrence, I think, is one of the best defensive players in this draft. 340-pound dancing bear, okay? That's what he is. I've never seen anybody as nimble on their feet, as quick, as explosive as they are at that size. Again, Tennessee, it's a lot like New England. They got Dean Pease there, who's been in Baltimore and New England. Of course, Mike Vrabel. I think they need a big difference maker in the middle of that defense along with Jarrell Casey. They got some edge pass rushers already. I just think it makes too much sense. Plus, they do a lot of two-gapping, Paul, where they want you to stand Guys, up, read the play,
0: and then disengage. Dexter Lawrence is extremely good at that. Twenty-one, Seattle. The first of two picks. You have him with uh, Christian Wilkins, and at twenty-two, Paris Campbell to Baltimore. Twenty-three, Houston, Andre Dillard, and twenty-four, Noah Fant to the Raiders. Yeah,
1: you know, and I think the the one there, Paris Campbell, of course, is going to catch some people. We didn't. We already talked about him. Houston Texans, I, we, just to hit that quickly, uh, with Andre Dillard. Andre Dillard is a special, special athlete at the tackle position. Coming out of Washington State, probably get the best feet out of all these tackles in the draft. But they need to protect Deshaun Watson. That is a desperate need
0: uh, and a guy that is uh, certainly capable of being a franchise left tackle himself. Now moving on to the last uh, quadrant here of the first round in Chris's monk draft, 25, the Eagles offensive line, Jawan Taylor. Colts go safety Jonathan Abram the Raiders with their third pick LJ Collier out of TCU edge rusher and 28 Jeffrey Simmons Mississippi State to the LA Chargers
1: yeah I think the one I'll talk about here Jawan Taylor I know I'm going to be the low guy in anybody's mock draft or anything like that with Jawan Taylor but again I-, I was not as impressed with Jawan Taylor's film who everybody I look at has him going in the top 10 whatever it may be uh Listen, I just was not overly impressed with power, uh, necessarily the twitchiness of the guy's body at times. To me, he was, yes, about the fourth best offensive tackle. Uh, The the Eagles are in a position where it can go a lot of different ways. I thought their greatest need was tackle, but I wouldn't be shocked if they went with a big-time receiver. I wouldn't be shocked if they went with Josh Jacobs at – running back as well, uh, but I had them go and tackle because I think it's it's coming to the end for for uh,
0: Jason Peters. Last four of the first round. You see him there if you're with us on YouTube. Savage, the safety from Maryland to Seattle. A.J. Brown, wide receiver to the Packers. At 31, the Rams go offensive line. Garrett Bradbury. And pick we talked about before that we both like a lot, tight end Texas a and Jay Sternberger to the Patriots.
1: Yeah, he's the Gronk replacement. I think he'll really fit with what they want to do. Uh, very impressive. And 31, I want to talk about that a little because we didn't get to hit that the first time. Garrett Bradbury, I- I- I'll be interested to see where he goes, Paul. He is a special center. He- this might be too low for him. I mean, when all said and done. I mean, maybe the Minnesota Vikings go with him at number 18. They could. They had other guys I thought that could play center, and maybe they could use it for a tackle, which is what I had them doing with Greg Little out of Ole Miss. But Bradbury is your perfect modern-day center, athletic as hell, uh, got unbelievable power for a guy that's as athletic as he is. And you get, I got to see it against everybody. I mean, I got to see him against the Clemson kids and Lawrence and Wilkins and said, whoa, he, by, he, holds, he held his own. And then some. So uh, that was a true need for the the Los Angeles Rams. Their weak spot of their team last year was guard and center, not named Roger Saffold, Mm -hmm. who went and left to go to the Tennessee Titans. So they have a need there at that position. But, you know, Bradbury – McVay offense, you need a guy who can direct traffic at the line of scrimmage, be a smart guy. They run inside-outside zone a lot. You need an athletic center who can make some hard reach blocks that are down the line of scrimmage, get up to the second level and block athletic linebackers,
0: and he can certainly do all those things. All right, tomorrow night, draft night, first round. I'm going to try and talk my two sons into watching the draft with me. I know know you have bigger plans. i got bigger
1: plans. I'm going into New York City, 62nd and 1st, okay. Treadwell Park, please join me. Anybody in the area, come on in. We're going to be making Instagram videos, reacting to the draft live, doing all that, but having a little bit of a draft party. So Mm -hmm. I'm pumped about that. Uh, Then Friday, we're not going to have the normal Thursday podcast. Friday, we're going to do a Friday podcast, me and the Bim, Meister, and we're going to recap all the cool things that went on in round one and what we liked and didn't like. And other than that, you know where to find me on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm sick of saying it. So if shit you don't know by now, then you just don't know, okay? And if you want to watch these two beautiful faces, (laughs) youtube.com slash NBC Sports. All right, everybody, enjoy the draft. Hope you like the mock. Give me some feedback
0: for Paul Burmeister. Yes. Say goodbye. All right. I, I was going to say, and on Friday, I will not knock your mug eh, over. That's all right. I already drank all the Twice. coffee. I'm good. I'm all crying
1: right. right now. Yes. All right. Peace see out, you homies. Friday. I'll see you.